Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight. Our guest today is Nadine Artemist, a, uh, Artemis, a gifted aromacologist and the author of Holistic Dental Care, The Complete Guide to Healthy Teeth and Gums. She is the creator of Living Libations, a company that produces a line of natural serums, elixirs, and essential oils that distill the intelligence embodied in plant juice for health, skin care, and beauty. Now, her potent dental serums were developed after she treated a cavity with plant extracts. And her self-care approach to healthy teeth and gums, I would say, arguably provides the most effective and purest oral care available. So, Nadine, I am so delighted to welcome you today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Nadine, your book is very compact, for which I thank you. (laughs) But you managed to pack an amazing amount of useful information into it. You know, I was absolutely fascinated by the description of what you call the inner toothbrush. Let's start by sharing that with our listeners. That's a great place to start. And that is really an area that I find so fascinating as well. So I feel like historically in our culture, let's say, you know, in the past um, 60 years, we have thought of ourselves also with our bodies and our teeth uh, that they're separate. Our bodies are separate from our bodies, but it is kind of the way we think things are happening in isolated and that things that go on with our teeth are separate from the rest of our body. So we go to the dentist to treat these uh, sort of appendages that are in our mouth. And of course, um, actually, you know, by now we do understand the teeth are connected to the body. We're getting there slowly but surely. And there's a lot of amazing dentists out there that really see it. But it's actually the work of Dr. Ralph Steinman that got me so excited. And he was a dentist in the 50s. And he actually suffered with really bad asthma that so much so that every August he had to shut down his practice. And he was really interested at the time in dental textbooks from the 1800s that were theorizing that there is, um, if someone were to get a cavity, that it's systemic, meaning it's connected to the body. And these earlier dental textbooks also suggested that there must be some kind of fluid that's connecting the teeth with the rest of the body. And so with that in mind, and and also he looked up a lot of stuff with diet and eating, and he was able to cure his asthma. So he really was, you know, seeing how health and diet reflect in the body. Of course, that's in the 1950s, which was, you know, very rare. So then he actually stopped his practice and went fully into dental research. And then for the next 40 years, he proceeded to continually prove that there is something that we now call the dentineal fluid transport. And what we have in the teeth is something akin to the lymph system. There's a lymph fluid that connects the teeth to the rest of the body. Um, he, so he did experiments where he was apparently in dental research. They use a lot of, uh, they use rats because apparently their teeth cycle is very similar to ours. So he would inject that, you know, that radioactive dye they use in x-rays. He would inject Mm -hmm. it into the stomach and then within six minutes, it showed up in the tooth. 
That's so he, amazing. Yeah, isn't that amazing? So he, you can see how the food is connected to that. And then interestingly, I don't have a conclusion for what I'm about to say, but then it took one hour for that fluid to get from the inner core of the tooth called the dentine to the enamel. So that's just an interesting thing. Six minutes from the guts to the tooth and then an hour for this other very intricate journey. So he was so fascinated by this. He proved it over and over again. And, and then what he did was he hooked, he wanted to know though, how is this instigated? So he hooked up with an endocrinologist and endocrinologists are hormone doctors. And, and they hooked up and they proceeded to do hundreds of experiments over, over decades that did indeed improve. There is an instigator in the body. And of course, like everything, it's hooked up to the hypothalamus, which is our endocrine hormonal system. And so when we chew food, we activate the parotid gland. And that's the gland. It's on, it's on, on our, it's right, um, you know, the masseter, the jaw, like if we all just touch our jaws right now, um, and that part by the ear. So the parotid gland is just behind that and, and goes down towards the throat. So when we chew, we activate that gland and then we send chemical messengers that then go to the hypothalamus, which is in our brain, and then that sends the information out to the rest of the body. So what it, where all this goes is that then this fluid um, travels from the guts into the into the mouth, and it travels in this um, you know spiraling fluid up into the teeth into the tooth, and that's when the body's healthy and when we're eating real food. Now, the very interesting part is that when we eat sugar, when our blood sugar is off, when we're not eating real food, then this, this fluid force gets reversed. And so then the tooth draws um, substances in from the mouth like a straw. So I like to think of it like in health, we are like trees and then we're drawing nutrients up like roots, you know, from our stomach system and the roots of the teeth and they're, that's going up into the tooth. But in not, in, in not health, then this, for, this fluid force gets reversed and then the tooth becomes like a straw. And of course, inside our mouths, it's like a warm, humid incubator environment. And there's always going to be bacteria and that kind of stuff. So then we're drawing that into the tooth. And that is the actual cause of decay. And this is what's really interesting because in the 1940s, in the, at the International Dent, Dentist Association, in the 1940s, there was you know, two, sort of two camps of dental thinking. And one was that there is a systemic connection with the rest of the body. But then there's another group of thinking that thought, no, it's the acidogenic theory. And they literally at a meeting in the 1940s said, what is going to be the official cause of cavities now is the acidogenic theory. And that's what we're left with today. And that's the theory that sugar and acids in the mouth are the cause of decay. But what we see from this really deep, intricate work over decades is that there's a systemic relationship to the body and that it really does matter what we're eat, eating from the internal root of it. So it really is actually sugar and acids in the mouth, but not their direct action on the enamel. Rather, it is what they do to change the pH environment and reverse that flow from from the center of the tooth outwards to remineralize it 
to the other way around to pull in bacteria. That's absolutely, absolutely fascinating. Um, I, I think it might be helpful to our listeners to give them a kind of a brief overview of the anatomy of the tooth so they can, a, a refresher course. Yes, that's a great idea. Well, we have the saliva, which is awesome, and it really helps to take care of our teeth. So you mentioned pH, and our saliva should always be slightly alkaline, like our blood. And so alkaline saliva actually helps our entire mouth. And if there is the beginning of decay in the enamel, um, then the saliva will go to that area and help it. And, and also this fluid that's coming from inside our teeth goes out through the enamel because there are, our enamel has tiny, tiny, tiny pores. And this fluid coalesces on the surface of the teeth, kind of like tiny microscopic sweat. And when that is in union with our saliva, then we have, a, you know, then that's what I call the invisible or internal toothbrush because there is a way that our bodies were innately designed to take care of our mouths. You know, these, in this day and age, we have tons of periodontal promises and liquids and, you know, and all these dental, um, what do you call it, advances. But, there, you know, we have lived for the most of our history without toothpaste and mouthwash. And it is really, <laughs> it's really in this last 100 years that we are seeing the most cavities, most extractions, and most oral care problems in the history of humankind. Mm -hmm. But back to the tooth tour. Sorry. <laughs> um, so definitely we want to have our saliva working for us. And that, again, goes back to, like, what we're eating because, you know, our stomach's going to affect our blood and saliva. And then we have um, the enamel, which everybody's familiar with. But one thing that people might not know is that white teeth, aren't really from the enamel. The enamel is actually translucent. So when we're getting graying teeth or kind of glassy looking teeth, that's because the inner core of the tooth, which is called the dentine, isn't getting the nutrients it needs. So to have white teeth, we need a lot of essential nutrients and, and the fatty acids and um, you know things like vitamin D3 and K2, which are fat soluble vitamins. And then, um, then we have the dentine, which is this core area. It's, um, it's in between the pulp chamber and the enamel. And that's a very key area. And that's where the blood from comes up through the roots. But then in that part where between in the dentine, that's where it changes to a lymph fluid. So it actually becomes a clear fluid, but there's like blood vessels and stuff in the dentine. So it's a very much an alive and active part of each tooth. Now the pulp chamber, that's where, if you're going to have a root canal, that's where a root canal is. And so, um, there, you know, a root canal sends, cleaning um, antibacterial substances into the pulp chamber. But the thing is, the pulp chamber is so intricate and it has, you know, this microscopic tubules and caniculi and that can't actually, when we have one molar, if we laid out all those, um, that, those tubules, if we laid them out, from one tooth, we'd have three miles of tubes. So it's oh kind of, <laughs> I know, isn't that amazing? So it's impossible to clean out. And that's where the root canal debate continues because you can't clean it out. So if you have a root canal, then you're actually leaving sort of this dead 
thing in your mouth. And then those, that pulp chamber becomes this, this area where we can really trap bacteria in the mouth and they become these sort of bacteria pockets with necrotic bacteria. And that's the issue with the root canals. Um, and then from there, we also have the cementum, which is, a, which attaches the tooth to the jawbone. There's the periodontal ligaments and there's the gums and the gums are very important because they're what hold the tooth in place, which is another reason why we should eat well, because we want to feed the gums. We want to have a lot of collagen and different nutrients in there. And when people feel sensitivity in their teeth to hot and cold, it's not actually the tooth usually at that stage, unless there's a cavity. Um, it's actually a gum recession usually. And so we want our gums to be like nice turtlenecks around each teeth, not or tooth, not like a turtle, not like a cowl neck or a V-neck. That's when you're in trouble. So we want to have nice, healthy pink gums. And so it's very important, even not only just how we're eating, but how we're brushing our teeth. We don't want to be going sort of backwards and forwards over each tooth. We always want to brush from the gum down. So you're always brushing one way, not back and forth, back and forth. And you want to be gentle. So a year from now, your toothbrush should look just like the day you bought it. Well, we're, we're going to circle back uh, onto the self-care um, uh, routine or regimen that you put out in your book. But um, I, I'd like to stick with a couple of points that you mm-hmm. made or, or in the book. One is the kind of astonishing idea that our teeth are actually made to heal their own cavities, um, particularly if, when, they're, when they're young and small, uh, before they get uh, enormous. Um, tell us how that mechanism works. Yes, that's a great point. So when we, so we think of cavities and we kind of just think of these holes that start in our teeth. But what we should actually think of them as an infection, and and we can heal infections, right? Like our skin gets a hole in it or something. I mean, you want to close that up. But if we if we're let's say we're in the rainforest and we have a, a wound in our skin, and then we just you know we don't take care of it and clean it, and we allow it to stay damp, you know, then that infection's going to spread, or not spread, but you know what I mean, not heal. Mm-hmm. And so cavities are like they are infections in the tooth, and they can heal. And from a number of reasons. So the the saliva comes in to heal. And then we also have the dentine, which comes, which is healing all the time. And so if we can, so you can actually reverse a cavity, you can reverse a dental carry. So depending on the stage that it's at, you might be left with just a brown lesion on the tooth, but you no longer have an active decaying hole. And, um, and then sometimes you can actually just, depending on what stage you caught it at, they'll just be like a bit of a white mark left over. So the idea is you can halt the decay and you don't necessarily have to get it filled. That's an individual choice and you'll, you'll know what's going on. But sometimes for children's teeth, you want to just let it heal because you don't want to be putting mercury fillings and stuff in their teeth because they're going to come out anyway. And what this is really saying is when there is a cavity, it's actually your body saying, I need more. I need real food. I need minerals and nutrients. So it's actually a sign that you're missing on something that you need. And the, the work of the dentist, Dr. Weston Price, and the work of Dr. Ralph Steinman, Steinman as well as many other dentists, show um, 
with different things you can heal it. So um, with the Dr. Steinman's work and the rats, he showed that if you then had phosphorus in the diet and manganese, you, uh, ca- cavities declined by 80%. In the 1930s, Dr. Dr. Weston Price, he did amazing research, and he used to be the president of the American Dental Association. He traveled around the world with his wife, kind of Indiana Jones style, and they went to very remote cultures that were yet to be, um, you know, influenced by what I call the sort of white culture, which would be, you know, white sugar, white flour, the white, <laughs> the white processed food, and uh, from the white people. And um, he he found, well, first of all, there was barely a cavity, maybe one out of a hundred people, you know, would have one cavity where if if I go to a conference right now and I ask a thousand people, how many people have cavities, there might be five people that don't. Mm -hmm. And so what he found, and he did tons of research. I mean, it was, which is, I find fascinating for back in the 1930s, but he would sample like 1600 samples of butter from around the world and things like that. And he was very passionate. And he found that once you add things like cod liver oil, butter, because those things contain the vitamin D3, the vitamin K2, that you were able to reverse cavities from 30 to 70%. Mm. Wow. That's really something. Yeah. It's just fun that to know that we can you know, we have, it's not just this inevitable thing, like. And, and you, you had been putting the emphasis on food. Now, Weston Price, um, talked about the indigenous diet, uh, the, the native diet and how, when they changed their diets, um, and introduced the kinds of, of quote, modern unquote foods like, uh, sugars, uh, refined uh, starches, and so on, that the health of their teeth, the the health of the arches, the color of the teeth all declined. And um, you you talk about the the structure of the tooth. Now, the outside of the dentine layer, the sort of layer between the dentine and the enamel. Um, has living cells on, uh, what did you call them? Uh, Odontoblasts. Odontoblasts. Yeah. You're doing so good. It's so cool that you read the book. (laughs) (laughs) That um, actually migrate up and, and create that hard layer of enamel. So we're talking about a living structure that needs to be nourished. Fantastic. Exactly. Now, the other thing, the, the, the reverse is also fascinating. When you have a poor external environment and you have lesions in your gums and you're harboring um, infection, you said in the book that the, um, the gums, first of all, the, the, the cells, there's only one layer of epithelial cells in mm-hmm. the mouth so it's very porous to to bacteria, but also that it's connected to the lymphatic system. And you said even the cerebral spinal fluid. I found mm-hmm. that quite astonishing. Yes, it's all connected, which is so neat. And I've actually even had, you know, do you know cranial sacral work where they work uh-huh. on? Yeah. yeah, I've actually had individual work done on each tooth. So you have the cranial sacral on each tooth, which is fascinating. And to feel that in action. I, I know that sounds pretty weird, but you have a little <laughs> diagram in your book that connects each of the individual teeth to a different energetic meridian. 
So in, in Oriental medicine, um, we're talking about a, a, a fascinating interconnected system. Yes, it is so fascinating, and there's um, really interesting research. So when you find, like, if they're, you know, if you're if you're having an imbalance in one area of your body, and if you have an imbalance in your teeth, you can actually use the chart to see if they're connected. And often people find they do, um, or women who have had um, breast who have breast cancer, they if they're in if they discover this little tidbit of, of uh, information, they find that the, they often get breast cancer on the same side as the root canal tooth, and it is usually the tooth that's connected to that breast organ. Wow. Yeah, and, and then finding some people, there's a, quite a bit of study on it, but they'll find they get the root canal taken care of, cleaned out, the tooth is extracted properly by a biological dentist, and, you know, the disease... The disease up. evolves. Let's yeah. they say that. Well, yes, you you cited one uh, researcher who claims that seventy to eighty percent of all disease can actually be traced to infections in the mouth. Absolutely. And it's pretty amazing. A lot of dentists are doing work where they'll take the root canal tooth out because the person wants it out. They send it to a lab. And what they're finding is um, like really necrotic bacteria and, and of some diseases that aren't, you know, as popular as they once were, like syphilis. Or one um, dentist, Dr. Hal Huggins, just found that 18% of the root canal studied had Lyme disease bacteria. My God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, you say you, you talk about biological dentists. Explain mm -hmm. that term, please. I like that term because to me, it's a bit of a step up from a holistic dentist. And there's an, a lot of amazing holistic dentists out there. But for some, that means that, you know, they'll, they'll remove the mercury. And that's about as holistic as it gets. So inside the book, too, I have questions to ask your dentist. So when you're shopping around for a new dentist, there's some good questions that you can ask the receptionist that they should know about. Because um, you really, you you know, there, there's, most of us do need a dentist at some point. We want to clear up maybe past or past dental work and then move forward. And so you want the best dentist you can have because a lot of the issues that people are dealing with Yes, some of it's cavities and health and things they may need to take care of on their own. But a lot of the issues is we're cleaning up, you know, 60 to 100 years of kind of wonky dentistry from mercury mm -hmm. fillings to to over diagnosing and overperforming root canals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody on the planet who is still actively accepting a mercury filling. But there um, unfortunately is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so astonishing. I remember as a kid playing with the mercury um, in a broken thermometer and mm. I cringe at the memory, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, but now uh, there are protocols for removing mercury fillings that are so um, uh, rigorous including mm -hmm. having a, a rubber dam at the back of the mouth, having an extraction, a filtered extraction system, mm -hmm. um, even, even to the extent of IV vitamin C. I mean, it's, it's absolutely um, uh, astonishing. And didn't you say something about dentists having a very high degree of mercury poisoning? 
Yeah, and suicide and divorce rates and mercury poisoning. Um, so when a dentist is doing it properly, with one of the, the one of the first dentists in North America to really help us not p- be putting mercury in our bodies was Dr. Hal Huggins, and this is what he was, has been telling people since 1963. So he's developed some awesome protocols, including you can even um, contact his institute and get a, a quick study done to find if you actually have the DNA to chelate mercury out of your body or if you need help. But he also, he has a full protocol that dentists must follow, including, you know, their air system needs to be proper to, to remove the mercury vapors from the environment. And it's so amazing that we put this chemical or this toxin like two inches from our brain, but when it's removed, whether it's a biological dentist or a regular dentist just removing a mercury filling, mm-hmm. they have to treat it. It like with proper, it, it's in, it's a it's a hazardous waste biohazard. Material. Yeah. Biohazard, yeah, that's yeah. the word. And yeah. um, if one tooth were to go, like one you know tooth, be, if it was thrown into a small lake, that entire lake would be like you wouldn't be allowed to swim in it. and yet and yet you talk about um uh um sorry uh you you talk about uh the chewing chewing gum Mm -hmm. that if you do it with mercury fillings in your mouth you release something like fifteen thousand times the amount of mercury that is considered um, uh, acceptable. Yeah, isn't that a crazy? And 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 it's aggro, you know, and and more vapors come off with oh, hot drinks, like just the or chewing in general, you know, just the things we do every day. There's a good video on YouTube called "The Smoking Tooth." Mm-hmm. And it just shows because there's a bit of a, a, a myth out there that, you know, oh, you get them in and maybe for the first few, few years you were dealing with the, the toxic vapors. But it, it shows that it's 24-7 mm-hmm. until they're removed, you know, it just for years to come. Okay. Now I think we, we can't ignore the elephant in the room. We have <laughs> to talk about fluoride. Yes. <laughs> Fluoride, fluoride. Well, it's a huge debate out there. I mean, I, I personally, I'm amazed it's still a debate, but I think, you know, there's a lot of vested interest in um, in putting this toxin into water supplies. And really, if you go into it, you don't even have to go very deeply. The studies that show that it's good for the teeth, they're, they're incorrect studies. They're not, they're not real studies. You know, they're not they're not ethical mm-hmm. studies, um, but what you do see with a lot of communities that have fluoridation is you see the mottled tooth, so mm-hmm. you get the the white flecks on the tooth, and then just generally in fluoride, you can also easily research that what it does is it, it, it really messes with the enzymes and the endocrine system of our body, and essentially what it does is it makes bones soft and mm-hmm. skin uh, stiff. Mm-hmm. So the exact opposite, right? Because we want our skin and our skin cells and the extra cellular stuff in between, all that all that stuff, we want that soft and we want our bones strong. Yeah. But it, it plays with the enzymatic system so much that you get a mixed messaging system. And I think that, to me, explains the depth of how it's at, at a core level not working with our body's chemistry. And it's, you know, it's a byproduct of the aluminum industry. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say that fluoride actually turns off this uh, or, or reverses this um, pump in exactly. the tooth? Exactly. 
Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And it does for sure. So yeah, these things, so different, you know, medications can do that fluoride, you know, cell phones, Again, so just use them on speaker. You don't want to be holding them right beside your parotid gland. Um, and, and then all these processed foods and, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then just natural stressful times, maybe when your adrenals are stressed out or, um, you know, pregnancy, teenage years, when there's an influx of hormones that can stress out this fluid flow as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are considering what, uh, tough creatures we are. We're very delicately balanced. Yes, yes. Yeah. So let's talk about your protocol for self-healing, uh, self-dentistry, I should say. Yeah, so I, you know, done years of experimenting with my own teeth because I want to keep them. And, um, and I like to, you know, it's like my whole goal, let's say, for people to share it is that, you know, it's basically how to avoid the dentist without ignoring your teeth, which I think is, you know, how everybody would like to live their lives. You don't want to be, you know, you want to be going to the dentist and then they're like, okay, great. <laughs> you know, see, we don't have to do anything else. Um, so there's eight steps that I have. They're very easy and uh, it might just take a moment to, to do them. But when you do it, you're going to find that you're able to turn your, your, many things in the mouth around. You can strengthen the gums because remember the teeth are alive. The gums are alive. The dentine is alive. The enamel's alive. The saliva's alive. So we have the ability to regenerate and repair like every part of the body. So when we activate this and we work with our bodies, then we're able to sort of, I think of it like sort of pulling up our socks around dental care. And mm -hmm. if you do need to go to the dentist then doing this for two or three months will get you prepared to go and you'll be in a better situation so that they'll be spending less time cleaning your teeth, your gums won't be bleeding everywhere, you know, all those sorts of things. So it's very helpful. And for some, it's just the right amount of stuff that they needed to just get their mouth to that new place. Mm -hmm. So um, the first step is doing a salt rinse or a baking soda rinse. And what I suggest is that you get like a mason jar like a 16 ounce size, you put a one ounce of a sea salt in there or a purified salt and you add very, very warm water and you create what's called a brine and you put that in your bathroom. And then for every member in the family, you just get like different shot glasses because it's important to not, um, share, you know, toothbrushes and tooth things. So you have that going or you do that, or you can do it with baking soda if you have a very delicate mouth. Mm -hmm. And why and so is that, that? What does it do? So it's the salt is eliminating microbes and it makes the pH of the mouth alkaline and it creates a neutral environment for brushing. The salt rinse comes in handy after a meal when it's actually not the best time to brush your teeth. You want to wait um, about an hour after you've eaten so that everything settles. And if you've eaten a grapefruit or something, it's just not when you want to be brushing your teeth. Um, so it's a great because. Because then you're just sort of brushing around the acids in the food and you need to let that settle mm -hmm. so that you're getting sort of a more neutral time zone for your mouth. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the salt helps that. And, you know, it's so hard to get kids to brush their teeth. Well, some of them anyway. So even if they did, even let's say they did a baking soda or a salt rinse, you've already gotten rid of stuff that's going to help. Because I really feel that when our teeth and bodies are like 
optimal. We, pr- except for getting rid of that shag rug in the morning, you really wouldn't have to ever brush your teeth. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we want to take care of our teeth, but it's actually not the whole cause of preventing cavities. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step is doing the rinse. And then step two, you want to just scrape your tongue, especially in the morning. Cause there's a lot of bacteria and plaque in that, that, you know, white stuff there. And hopefully your tongue is pretty healthy of a dental friend, dentist friend of mine, Dr. Victor Zines wrote a great book on what your tongue is telling you. So that I just, that's a great one. Cause he's taken a lot of the Chinese traditional Chinese medicine. Cause they, t- they really look at the tongue for diagnosing and he's mm-hmm. mapped it out in an easy Western way to understand. So you want to scrape the tongue and you can get a tongue scraper. Or you can just use a spoon upside down. And because I love to give people the tools they can do right away, you know, so that you don't have to be like, oh, now I've got to invest $500 to brush my teeth. Um, so then the uh, next now, step I, I'd is, like to yeah. I'd like to interrupt here because sure. one of the things that amused me was um, when you talk about the biofilm that is created on your teeth and gums by bacteria. So it's basically bacteria poop. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that nice? And and that, uh, if it's not removed, turns into plaque. Mm-hmm. And then the plaque, if that's not removed, hardens and turns into tartar. Yes. And then tartar, if that's not removed, turns into calculus, which yes. you need to get off with a hammer and chisel. Yeah, that's when you need that the scraping. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then we're feeding, right? We're feeding the things we don't want to feed. And then we're signaling to our immune system that we're in a bit of danger. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, the health is brought down. Um, So then the next step is brushing the gums. So, yeah, we've, you know, we focus a lot on brushing your teeth, but I want everybody to think about the gums. And for that, you just use a regular manual toothbrush. Um, I use one that I like that is ionic, which means it... um, it helps to neutralize the plaque. You don't have to do that though, but I like it because it does remove more plaque even with just nothing on it. So anyway, but just a regular manual brush and you're really focusing on the gums this time and you're doing it very lightly and it's almost like you're, if anybody's into dry brushing, you're kind of just, that's what you're doing, but with your gums. At that point, I... Now, you, yes? Uh, describe again the motion that you use. Oh, sure. So if you think of your, so your, let's do the top teeth right now. So you actually put your, um, toothbrush up on the gum and right up to where it joins with the the cheek or the lip. And then you brush down and then you lift off and you brush down and you're going way slower than you're used to. It might take some getting used to, but you're going slow and you're going gum to tooth to teeth. So on the bottom, you're going gum up to the teeth, lifting off and going back over again. And that's stimulating the gums. And at that point, I'm, I would be putting one of my botanical serums on it. But again, if you're just do it, you just do this dry, like with, you know, your saliva will moisten enough, mm-hmm. then that's a huge leap because mm-hmm. you talked about the epithelium of our mouths being one cell thick. And a lot of our modern tooth solutions are completely toxic. They've got sodium lauryl sulfate. All these things actually aggravate that epithelium. They make our gums bleed. I mean, the gum bleeding could be from another issue, but it, you know, it's it's definitely aggravated by regular toothpaste. Mm-hmm. And mouthwash 
literally there's over 35,000 cases of oral cancer every year caused by commercial mouthwash. My goodness. I know. And it's just, you can go buy it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. The try go buying a supplement, you know? Yeah, totally. So okay. then you so brush the gums and at that point I would put a serum on it but again you don't have to that just is like uh for antibacterial and that kind of stuff. We can talk about the plants in a mm-hmm. second. Mm-hmm. So then the next thing is polishing the teeth. And for that I recommend a very, you know, a common electric toothbrush. You don't have to get fancy. I've tried every single one out there. I like the ones with the round head that you just get at any drugstore for like $20, $25. I like the round head because it's smaller and it's going to get behind the front teeth and to those back molars much more effectively. And at this stage, I would again add a serum and then I would add like baking soda to that. Um, so again, if you, you don't have the serum, you just use your baking soda at home. Everybody has baking soda. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's just tell the listeners that, um, the serum is basically your combination of different botanical oils, which you, uh, list in your book. So you could use one of the oils or a combination, or if you're not into it, just order it directly from Nadine's website, but we'll get back to that. Carry on. Yeah, and so, um, and then baking soda anybody can pick up. It's a great thing to have in the house for a number of reasons, and it is so great because for so many reasons, but also including that it's alka- it's a nice alkalinity. It's very fine, and it doesn't scratch the surface of the tea. Like it, there's debates about baking soda, but it's really fine. Um, and I have a bit of it, bit about that written on the site if you want to go in deeper. So what that's going to do is that's like, I kind of think of the, you know, if old, I think of a school gym and then you have the janitor buffing the floor with those things, like a big toothbrush, those round red brush things. I don't know if you remember that, but we had one of those at our school. And so what you're doing is you're like buffing your teeth and this will be, it's very good. And you're going to use it dry. You're not going to put water in there. You're going to actually use the baking soda dry. And you're going to find that a lot of plaque or tooth stains come off simply with that um and then sometimes people are getting more stains in their mouth if they have a buildup of plaque and then you're drinking coffee or red wine but some of that's just sort of an artificial coloring that it's because your plaque is getting colored do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's a great thing to do and it keeps the the teeth looking nice and fresh then the next step is to just check the gum lines there's these rubber tipped tools uh, actually made by gum gum and it's a rubber tip on the end and you can put a serum on that or you just use it straight and you're going to go all along that gum line and then you're probably going to need a tissue because you're going to find that because that's the area you really want to take care of because you want to make sure your gum pockets are really nice and high and there's going to be extra plaque in there especially the first few weeks that you're doing this so you're going to remove that and then you might need to brush again you'll feel it you can feel the plaque build up So that's checking the gum lines. And then the next step is flossing, which is so great. And I mean, studies have shown, especially by cardiologist Dr. Stephen Sinatra, that flossing, you know, takes away arterial plaque. Because when we have plaque in our mouths, we're swallowing that. It's going into the lungs and the body. And he says that if you floss, you're adding seven years to your life. This is the the mind, you know, the tooth body connection. It's pretty deep. Um, So floss and... um, if hang on. You also said to add... Um, a drop of oil, uh, essential oil to the 
uh, floss. And I have to say that that really makes flossing a much more pleasant experience. It does. It's so fun. And the great thing is you're getting those great antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, potent plant matter right in between each teeth, which is so hard to get to. You know what I mean? Like, And then you get to send that and it strengthens the gums. So I've had people that have bleeding gums, especially when they floss. They put a serum on that and they're not bleeding by the next time they're flossing. It's that powerful. I was really impressed that you said that it can absolutely stop uh, bleeding gums within 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Now, you know, everybody's different, but many, if you're pretty healthy, that's all it's going to take. So then the next step is a final rinse and you just do the the step one over again. You rinse with your salt or baking soda that will just take out some extra stuff. You swish vigorously and then you spit. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is just extra gum care. You know, you feel along your gum line at that part and then um, just see. And if you need to, if there's a part that's sensitive or whatever, then I would you recommend putting a botanical on that area, um, maybe flushing it out, you know, just sort of having that final check. And those are the eight steps. And it just, I mean, it's kind of miraculous, the results that people get and fast. And then they go to their next checkup and they're like, I don't know what you're doing. But it's so great. And then, of course, some dentists want to know what they are doing. And some people are like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't need to know. Just keep doing it. (laughs) Breaking their rice bowl, as they say. Yes. Um, So tell us about your love affair with botanicals. Yeah, that is my prime passion. And it it just goes into every area of my life. And that's where... um, Oh, so long ago, I was at, you know, I'd already gone into alternative health and everything, but I was like, oh, this dental thing, it seems a bit archaic. And I couldn't find really a lot of books in that area too. I found there was books on the big issues like mercury or that kind of stuff. But I was like, but what do we do on a daily level? We got the mercury fillings out, you know, what do we do now? And, um, you know, I was going to a holistic dentist at that stage, but again, they weren't, I didn't find them so holistic. You know, they still send you out the door with a tube of crest, you know, it's like, here you go. Um, Yeah, totally. But the dental hygienist was really cool. And she saw the, uh, the start of a cavity. We took an x-ray. Um, it was a digital x-ray. And then she's like, you know what, you can do this. You can go. And that was sort of the first even inkling I had that you could even evolve a cavity. So she's like, go home and do you, you got all those, that formula stuff, all that, those plants you work with, just do it. And then we'll take an x-ray in six months. So we did, and it totally cleared up. And so that's how I started it. And, and for, I all, you know, I know I use the plants medicinally and they are, I use essential oils mainly. I love herbs. I love tinctures, but for me, my palate is, um, is mainly the essential oils because they're just so unique. You know, most people know them as aromatherapy, but they're not just another pretty smell. We've actually got in one drop very potent plant matter, and one drop can contain over, you know, 190, over 500 different botanical chemical components. And so they're very powerful. But what's common to every essential oil, even though they all kind of do different things, is that they are all antifungal, antibacterial, and antiviral. And what's the issues with what's going on in the mouth are all issues of bacteria, virus, and fungus. 
So I just thought, well, that makes a lot of sense. And these are, you know, even when you're using the essential oil, like an organic peppermint, that is very, very different than the menthol that we're, you know, that's being sold in the commercial toothpaste. So that's a, a big thing to know. And that cinnamon fresh is not actual botanical extract of cinnamon. So that menthol and that cinnamon in a toothpaste would not have the botanical components that we desire to actually change things in our mouths. And so, yeah, it's interesting that, that when, uh, I used, uh, even, even the natural toothpastes that are flavored with like cinnamon and stuff like that, that my, my mouth gets irritated from it. Yeah, no, you, it could be a natural cinnamon and it could just maybe have a sensitivity to that. But, you know, not everything at the health food store is real. And some still have sodium lauryl sulfate in it. And some also still have glycerin as filler. There's a lot of sort of, you know, we have a huge cultural, you know, a commercial consumer issue of filler right now. It's like, how can we get the biggest bottle of stuff? But how can we put the cheapest thing inside, whether it's tap water or this glycerin and all that kind of stuff? So when we use things with glycerin, what's happening is it's very it actually you know microscopically is very thick on the teeth and we can't the saliva can't get through that yeah. so um it takes about 20 rinses to get the glycerin off the teeth so that's what you know we're not allowing that communication in our bodies mm-hmm. and then the other thing is that, that you know maybe there's like a neem toothpaste or the fennel or you know all that sort of stuff at the health food store but they might not have it might be like 0.001%, you know, and it may not be mm-hmm, real. So mm-hmm. we're not actually using the herbs in that beautiful way that mm-hmm. they can be used and how we can evolve things. Because when we're using the right oils like sea buckthorn or rosato, they're, you know, they're voluntary. They help to speed healing. They, they have a, a tremendous relationship with being able to heal tissue. Mm-hmm. And then we've got like many studies show, you know, that tea tree, you know, takes care, like all the top uh, mouth bacteria, all the essential oils can take care of them. Like cinnamon bark, for example, stimulates blood circulation to the gums. It promotes their health and regeneration. And then, um, you know, studies have shown that cinnamon bark oil is effective against 98% of all pathogenic bacteria. Hmm. You know, that's just yeah. that oil. And the tea tree. Tea tree is so common. There was a good uh, study done in Australia that showed um, that, uh, and also all the essential oils, they have this lipophilic property, which means they can go through the, the fat of our tissue, the lipid mm-hmm. barrier. They just go right in mm-hmm. um, to, to such an effective rate that some pharmaceutical companies are trying to find a way how they can deliver things w- through essential oils because they're. Mm-hmm. They can go in there. Uh, and so it just shows that it can take care of gingival issues. It's anti-inflammatory. It's non-toxic and, you know, on and on. Yeah. So you you have some wonderful resources listed in the back of the book. Um, tell us about your website. How can people find out more about it? Yeah. Sure. Our website is livinglibations.com. That's L-I-B, like a boy, A-T-I-O-N-S, livinglibations.com. And um, we have a whole world there. I mean, I, I make everything from skincare to perfume to medicinal chocolate to oral care. Um, so if you go to the healthy teeth and gums section, you'll find um, a lot of resources there. And also, um, we I have a, a quite a few YouTube videos on oral care, some conferences, that some talks I've done at conferences, 
I go over the eight steps. I go over flossing. I go over the um, invisible toothbrush. So you can have some fun going through the YouTube channel as well. I was going to let this slip, but you did mention something called medicinal chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Well, that's a word so I can like, you know, so it sounds different than chocolate because it is. So we, uh, we've been making chocolate for about 10 years and we don't use any, for the people that would know about how chocolate is constructed, we don't use cacao butter or cacao paste or cacao powder. We actually just use the raw bean and we make um, chocolate in a way that no nobody that I know of to this day makes it, but it's very much what we found out later is how they used to make it in Mesoamerica. And it's simply the beans stone grinded, stone ground. <laughs> and, um, and then we throw in herbs like maca, camu camu, cat's claw, um, vanilla beans, uh, depending on the flavor, and a bit of honey. And and then we press it into chocolate. So we don't melt, pour, put it in the molds. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. pressed and chopped. Okay. Well, yeah. that, that sounds fascinating if anybody is looking for a little treat for the holidays. So I'm afraid our time is up, but we have been speaking with Nadine Artemis about her book, Holistic Dental Care, and her website is livinglibations.com. Nadine, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Remember that you can find all the books and films we discuss here on our website, ncreview.com, along with thousands more. Now, next week, we are blessed to have two amazing women adventurers as our guests. Ross Savage, who wrote the book Stop Drifting, Start Rowing, about rowing solo across the Pacific Ocean, after already having done the solo row across the Atlantic and the Indian Oceans. Our second guest, Jan Reynolds, wrote a book called High Altitude Woman, about her adventures as a world record-breaking skier, athlete, and mountain climber. If you want some inspiration for getting moving in the new year, listen to this show. And now we're going to close with our track of the week by Jan Garrett and J.D. Martin. It's called Already Home. Sings of angels.
Ready Home by Jan Garrett and J.D. Martin. It's the title cut from an album of the same name, and you can learn more about them on their website, garrettmartin.com. That's G-A-R-R-E-T-T hyphen martin.com. Well, that's our show for today. I'm so glad you were with us. I hope you'll join us next week. Until then, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening, and have a very happy, happy New Year. Goodbye.